You are listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast, a podcast where a couple friends sit and talk around the fire after everyone else has gone to bed. Grab a drink and join us as we discuss everything from famous explorers, artificial intelligence, and what is the meaning of life. we saw military strategy that was so crazy and unexpected maybe in a couple thousand years we'll look at it like how we look at the Spartans at Thermopylae. Chad in Libya had a dispute over a border territory the Azu Strip that Chad thought it was theirs Libya wanted it they had been going back and forth Libya at the time was led by dictator Gaddafi, who we are all probably familiar with, the disputed region had uranium. It's probably why he wanted it to make Libya a, well, it's not probably why he wanted it. That's why he wanted it. And Chad, led by their head of state, Abre, wanted it back for their country that they were kind of putting back together after it had gone through some rough patches. But we're not going to get too much into the politics of it. We're going to talk about how using cavalry is still an effective tactic in modern warfare. Well, Nick, I'm interested. You got uranium, you got war, and it looks like we're going to have a cavalry charge. So Chad was not as well armed as Libya. Gaddafi spent a bunch of money buying old tanks, new weapons, outfitting his soldiers. He had the larger, better equipped military. Chad asked the international community for help. France obliged, but they didn't want to send them really anything too crazy, so they gave him some air support for retaking the area, and they gave him 500 Toyota pickups. The United States also gave them Stinger missiles. That's it. Sorry, I was getting confused. You were talking about javelins earlier. <laughs> Wars come and go, but I guess some things stay the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can always count on the USA to give a little bit of weapons no matter what the conflict is, no matter who's fighting it. As long as they're fighting the Russians or not the Russians, then we'll be there. So, Ivory's first objective was to retake the town of Fada. And in the town of Fada, Gaddafi had set up a communications base and radar scrambler, all sorts of very expensive things. And reports are different. I've seen numbers of 2,000 to 5,000 Libyans that were stationed there, as well as uh, some T some T-55 battle tanks to multiple rocket launchers and not used in this scenario because the French were providing air support, but they also had in their main military a bunch of combat aircraft and helicopters. So FADA, which was originally Chad's, the Chadians, and that's the right word, the Chadians knew the area better than the invading Libyans did. They knew there was a bunch of backways in, so the Chadians, taking the Toyota pickups that the French had given them, mounted all sorts of weapons, mounted rockets, you know, belt-fed weapons, anti-air, anti-vehicle, anti-personnel, anything they get their hands on, mounted it to the back of these Toyotas. They came in from all different points of entry, and were just moving so fast that the larger vehicles, like the tanks that Libya had, couldn't target them. They ended up killing 800 Libyans 
and destroyed 92 tanks during the battle. Well, this is not a commercial for Toyota. I don't know what it is. Chad lost 18 Shadians and three Toyotas. Jesus. Three Toyotas to 92 tanks in other vehicles. That's not an underdog story. That's just got to be really disappointing. I feel like it's equivalent to in World War II when Hitler had the giant uh, cannon built and they had to put on train tracks and they fired it like three times and then we just blew up the train tracks. I feel like that was Libya and Gaddafi and uh, with Gaddafi's army versus the Chadinians. Like Chad just ran through them. Yeah. And with the, you know, Toyotas use a lot less fuel than tanks. No. Which is important for moving around. And uh, so they continued their advance, but France, who was backing up at the beginning, the war then became offensive because they were crossing into undisputed Libyan territory, like the actual country of Libya. And France just wanted to help them reclaim that border dispute area. So they weren't going to follow them in. So they went into this one without any air support. They wanted to take over an airfield. So in the March of 1987, there's 5,000 Libyans that were defending an airbase that Gaddafi held. And Gaddafi thought that he could outwit the Toyotas, Ch- the Chadians by planting a bunch of landmines all over the place. And in this time, Gaddafi had been adapting his strategy, so he became less reliant on tanks, relying on also you know, sporting a little bit more of the technical vehicles to respond faster to the threat of the Chatty and Toyotas. But they thought they had him here, just, you know, a bunch of landmines randomly in the desert is going to stop the Toyotas. But the Chadians weren't going to give up that easily. And so they came in kind of a similar manner, attempting to surround and just, you know, be everywhere at once. And they knew there were mines there. And this is the part that I looked up and I could not find the answer to. Somehow they figured out if you go fast enough over the landmines, they do not explode. That's that's uh the first guy either got really go, lucky or is very smart. One of the two. If you go a hundred kilometers per hour over these landmines, they will not explode. What, what, what that that really doesn't seem like that should work, but it, I guess it does. I I don't know. It definitely worked, <laughs> but I'm just, so who do you, do you think it was that they just didn't tell someone there were landmines there? Do you think they just didn't care and were like, let's just go for it. There can't be more mines than Toyotas, <laughs> which I think it's cheaper to make line, mine, mines over Toyotas. Uh, is Chad a Muslim country? I believe so. Oh, well, there goes my theory of hold my beer. So that was my best my thought experiment. Yeah, so I never figured out exactly why, so I don't know if it was bravery, ignorance. <laughs> or a little luck, bit of both. A little bit of everything, but they ran right through that minefield <laughs> and were able to take the airbase. And... <laughs> it's like rock, paper, scissors, Toyota, and Toyota always wins. And so this conflict is actually known as the Toyota War <laughs> due to their prominence in them. And so the next time... Someone's debating Ford versus Chevy. Just ask yourself: Does your ve- preferred vehicle brand have an actual conflict named after them? <laughs> Can it run over landmines and live? Which is even funnier because Toyota won't put their vehicles in 
any street racing games because they don't want to be associated with reckless behavior. <laughs> it's the vehicle of war. Yeah, when there's no car more synonymous with warfare than Toyota. Well, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram, 